How's it going, everybody? So, it is 1.35 a.m. in the morning of Friday the 27th, and um, we got surprised by Disney because they, they freaking dropped Obi-Wan three hours early. Thank you for doing something nice for the East Coasters. Just that, like... Thank you, 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 thank you. Um, before I go any further, this is gonna be in depth. It's gonna be spoilery. I'm gonna be talking about the episodes because I really want to talk about this a lot. So know that going in there, I'm warning you well in advance. I'm gonna be talking about part one and part two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So if you want to go into the show, you know, without knowing anything, stop here and come back after you've watched the show. All right. There's your warning. Here we go. First, I want to say this. Even just thinking about this show, just with these first two parts, I'm having to fight myself from getting emotional. And feeling things. Um, obviously, we're a long way away from the entire story being told. We've got four episodes left. So we've got four weeks left of Obi-Wan. But... I genuinely think... And again, when I say this, for those of you that don't like the sequels, take it with a grain of salt, but you'll understand what I'm saying when I say this. I think this is the best Star Wars that we have gotten since The Last Jedi. Legitimately. This is the best Star Wars we have gotten since then. I will hammer down on that or maybe pull back a little bit once I see the whole thing. But if the rest of the episodes stay at the level that these first two episodes do, there is no doubt in my mind that this will be the best Star Wars that we've gotten since The Last Jedi. And in terms of important Star Wars moments and story and things like that. It's absolutely the best Star Wars we've gotten since the prequels. This is a story that all of us Star Wars fans have. It's one of the few things in Star Wars fandom that is unanimous among fans. We talk about a movie that we want or a show, but just a story in general, no matter how it's told, whether it's in a book or, or a movie or whatever... We've all wanted to know what was it like for Obi-Wan watching over Luke. What did he do in the time in between, you know, um, the prequels and, and the original trilogy? There's so much story to tell there. What what was he, you know, what was he doing? And actually starting to see this chunk of it. Because obviously this is 10 years later. 
which means there's 10 years of story that we haven't seen yet. And maybe we'll get those early years and uh, animated show or a book or a comic series or something, you know. For all I know, it could already be out and I just don't know about it. But with that being said, let me jump into this. My brain is kind of jumping all over the place. I don't know if you guys can tell that, but my brain is kind of jumping all all over the place because there's so much I want to talk about. Um, I guess I'll start here. I'll start with the emotion. You know, I mentioned that, you know, even just trying to talk about this, I'm having to fight myself from tearing up and getting emotional talking about it because there were certain shots, certain things, especially in that first episode, where the thing that struck me And it actually got tears to fall down my face. You know, for a lot of it, it just got me choked up. But this one in particular thing really hit me and it got me to tear. Is when you think about the journey. And here I go, I'm starting to get emotional. One of the things that really struck me was when you think of Obi-Wan, you think of this person who started out as this young, ambitious Padawan under the toolage of Qui-Gon Jinn who then is put in this position where he's training a kid who he probably didn't want in the first place, but he honored, but he has so much respect for Qui-Gon. You know, he takes Anakin under his wing And then Anakin becomes like a brother to him. But even more than just the Anakin and the Obi-Wan relation part of it, when you just look at Obi-Wan himself, he is this high esteem, high caliber, held in high praise Jedi Knight. He was a warrior during the Clone Wars, and everybody knows who he is. And this thing that struck me is seeing Obi-Wan, it was so odd and not in in an off-putting way but in a just in a very real way it was it's off-putting to see Obi-Wan with a job and working and living as a civilian and being in this broken and this this you know the thing that struck me is just like how look how far he's fallen you know, it's like, look where he's at now. This once great Jedi Knight is in this broken place where he legitimately feels like they've lost and that it's over and it's not worth fighting. And the way Ewan McGregor plays these scenes is masterful, to say the least. And I'm getting choked up again. I knew this was going to happen. That is probably my favorite part of this so far and the part of the story that we've gotten is seeing the way that Ewan is playing this different facet of the Obi-Wan character. I think from an audience member looking at the final product, I don't know what it was actually like for him on set. 
but it seems like he slipped into this role of Obi-Wan seamlessly. Like, when you go from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones to Clone Wars, and I know he did do Clone Wars, it was James Arnold Taylor, but, but you know, when you look at Obi-Wan through the years, and you end with Revenge of the Sith, and then you follow him through to this, it just tracks, you know, and, and it's just phenomenal. Um, I love the scenes that we got with Owen Lars. I love the scenes that we got with them together. Um, I, I love seeing Alderaan. You know, one of the things that hit me is, and again, this is going to get me emotional as well. But one of my biggest issues with Star Wars, ever since I was a kid, you know, um, this has always sort of been a kind of glare, right? Is, you know, in A New Hope, we see Alderaan get blown up. But, and of course, as empathetic people, as people who, who care and things like that, obviously, we're going to be like, oh shit, a whole, like, a whole fucking planet was just blown up. But, let's be honest, we have no connection to Alderaan. We know her parents are there, but, you know, you know, original trilogy-wise, at that point, we hadn't met you know, uh, Bail, Organa, yeah, or, or Brea, like, we have no emotional tie to Alderaan, other than just the fact that it's from where Leia's from, and again, you know, that's not to downplay the, the severity of what happens, but it just, it just is that hole that's there in the terms of storytelling, and, and, you know, the prequels help a little bit with that because at the end of Revenge of the Sith, we do get to see a little bit Alderaan. And obviously we get Jimmy Smits as Bail Organa, which he is incredible. And of course we get Organa during uh, the Clone Wars animated series. And so through these other things, we do get a little bit more connection because we care about the characters, but we still don't have that insight of Alderaan. You know, it's still this planet that we really don't get to see that often. And what I loved about this first episode was we actually got to see the Organas and we actually got to see Alderaan. And it, it like a, like a, gust of wind it just blew over me this sensation of I have that connection now and it's really cool um, and it makes that moment and a new hope resonate that much more because we're seeing this planet and we're seeing that it is actually this thriving living thing instead of this ancillary sort of thing that we have no insight to 
Um, I'm going to say something, but then I'm going to say something that is sort of a contradiction to it, but you'll understand what I mean. I will be honest, in the first few scenes of the little girl that plays Leia, the way she was delivering her lines, and it's probably the way that she was coached, I'm not going to blame her at all, it's probably the way that, you know, it just, you know, it is what it is sometimes when you work with kid actors. I didn't particularly like the way that she delivered her lines. Um, It seemed more forced than it did genuine. But I gotta tell you, by the end of the first episode, and absolutely by the end of the second one, oh yeah, there are absolutely shades of Carrie Fisher in there. And I don't know how this little girl did it, but she definitely... You absolutely can see the through line from her to Carrie. And it is so cool. Um, So I ended up thinking she did a really good job. But I will be honest, like I said, the first couple scenes, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, But, um, you know, I... um, Yeah, I just, I, um, I don't know what I was expecting, you know, from Obi-Wan. Obviously, there are certain things that I had a, you know, just because if you're into Star Wars at all, at a certain point, once you've digested enough Star Wars you you sort of understand the formula and you kind of understand how things work and all of that kind of stuff you know so I knew that being the fact that we're telling Obi-Wan's story and it is taking place in between episode 3 and 4 and all of this kind of stuff I knew kind of how some elements of the story would go just because it kind of has to you know But other than that, I really didn't know what to expect from this show. And I didn't really even have any expectations, you know, in terms of, oh, I think they should do this and I think they should do that and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there were definitely stuff that I wanted or I, I hoped that they do, but there really wasn't any expectations like that, though. But I gotta say, for me, and I, and I can't speak for everybody because we're all different, but for me, this is better than anything I could have hoped for. Absolutely anything I could have hoped for. Um, I'm not going to say that I think it's better than Mandalorian yet. I'm not going to say, you know, anything like that. I definitely think it's better than Book of Boba Fett. Sorry, Boba Fett, you're my dude, but it just is what it is. Um... But, you know, at by the end of the show, I'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see where I rank it among everything Star Wars, you know. Um, it's interesting that they made the choice to have Riva stab the Grand Inquisitor. I'm pretty sure he's going to heal himself. I don't think he's dead. 
because I do think he's supposed to be Jason Isaac's Grand Inquisitor from Rebels. And we know he can't be dead if he is because he dies in Rebels. So that wouldn't make any sense unless he is a different Grand Inquisitor. In which... I don't know how you make that make sense. So if they go that route, that might be the one thing that I may not like. It might find a little bit too sci-fi-y. Because look, on the grand whole, Star Wars does a really good job of not being too sci-fi-y, if you get what I mean. You know, they really, you know, the people who make Star Wars, whether it's, you know, you could, you could even say this about Rodriguez and... and how he showrunned Boba Fett, or how Favreau and Filoni did The Mandalorian, or whether you're talking about Lucas in the movies, or Abrams and, and Ryan Johnson when they did the sequel trilogy. None of Star Wars really seems like your typical popcorn, run-of-the-mill sci-fi. They, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are tropes. And, their, and different story elements that sci-fi uses that Star Wars does. Absolutely, you can't get away from that. It just, you know, it just, that is what it is. But it isn't that, you know, B-movie, this is really cheesy, scapegoat kind of stuff, you know? And so I'm really hoping that they don't do that with the Grand Inquisitor because that would be the one, this would be the one time that Star Wars kind of delved more into that, sci-fi oh it's not what you think kind of thing and it's like well I, I don't know if I like that it's like I don't mind him being stabbed I don't mind if he heals himself I don't I don't mind that I think that from we don't know much about Reva yet but based on the first two episodes it seems to be pretty in line with the kind of person she is so sure you know um i just that is the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is i don't know if that was the best decision to make um it kind of feels unnecessary when i look at the whole picture of what we were given with these first two episodes I don't see what the difference is between, let's say, anyone who thinks this is right. Let's say he does get healed somehow and he's alive again or whatever, or I guess never dead. Well, what's the difference between that and just Reva, albeit pissed off, but Reva backing down and... Obi-Wan being able to get away because the two of them are kind of in this verbal spat. I don't know why we have to do this whole runaround, you know, and that's how Obi-Wan gets away, you know, because the Grand Inquisitors happen to, you know, babysit Reva, basically, basically. I don't understand what the point of not doing that was and doing what they did, you know. If at the end of the day we're going to have the Grand Inquisitor alive and Riva alive, then why did we have to stab him and fake out and make it look like he's dead? It just seems like a weird story choice to make. So I guess by that logic, maybe he is dead and maybe the Grand Inquisitor we have in Rebels is a completely different person, but that 
kind of slaps in the face of everything we know and that is a glaring issue with Star Wars so we'll have to see but um, that, that that's the only negatives I have about this I love that scene between Obi-Wan and the Jawa in episode 1 that was really cute and funny um, yeah I just this this is so much better than I could have ever hoped it to be I mean it really is you know um, and hey you know if I could forgive some of the shit that happened with Book of Boba Fett I could forgive some a weird choice with the Grand Inquisitor as long as you make it work I will give it to you but um, yeah I just don't know how they're going to explain that with the fact that we have the Grand Inquisitor and Rebels that's just, that's just weird it's just weird I don't know why you would do that but whatever that's just the one thing that I'm hung up on I can't help it it just doesn't make any sense uh I loved this other planet we got to go to. It was really cool. Um, yeah. I would give episode one or part one a rating of nine out of ten. And I would give episode two an eight out of ten. Eight point five. Scratch that. Eight point seven five. No, eight point five. Eight point five for part two and nine for episode one. Um that's what I would give. That's what I would give it. Um Yeah. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to give episode one a ten. I was just thinking that a lot. It's like, well, why wouldn't I give it a ten? It's like, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm going to give it a ten. At part one, I'm going to give a ten. And part two, part one, I'm going to give ten. And part two, I'm going to give an 8.5. That's where I'm at with it. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see what happens next. Um... Vader was officially reintroduced at the end of part two. So Hayden's back, y'all. It's official. Dude is back. Um, yeah. I would anticipate that we would get some Vader next week, given the ending of this. I don't know that we'll get a lot. I have to... Imagine we probably won't get a lot of Vader until part five and six. So I think part three will have a little bit of Vader. And then I think part four will be more Obi-Wan based. But I definitely think we'll get a lot of Vader and a lot of Obi-Wan in the last two episodes. For sure. Um, yeah. Wow, even when I'm talking about it, it's so hard to believe that there's only four more episodes. It really is weird that they dropped... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, it really is kind of weird that they dropped two episodes at once, because we've only got four more episodes. That's really weird. Okay. Yeah, sure. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Um, 
So that is my review for Obi-Wan. Now that I have geeked out and talked about it, thank you for listening. What did you think of the show if you watched it? Did you like it like I did? Or did you not? Did you have maybe more problems with it than I did? I am really curious. Feel free to let me know. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram, bshu89. On Twitter, I believe bshu1989. On Instagram, um, yeah, I love this so far. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out, and may the Force be with you.